You're listening to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot with your host, Maddie Conrad. Hey, everybody. It's Maddie Conrad here, and thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I am on one of my many, many international travels here. In fact, today we are going to be recording from London, England. We're sitting on the Thames River right now. Uh, we have been here for an event that was at the O2, put on behind the chair, and got to do all sorts of really exciting things on stage with some amazing people, and some of them who I have gotten to know a little bit over the course of this year through different events and different crossing of paths. And, and a few of these people we just kind of make real genuine friendships with and one of the people that I'm most excited to introduce you to today is a friend that I've met at uh, multiple shows uh, who's a, a super fascinating guy and what I like about him is almost every single time that we get together um, there's never just like a surfacey discussion we always we always get into industry stuff we always start talking about really interesting things he's a fascinating guy he is a multiple multiple award winner um, he's an absolutely iconic hairstylist uh, and I'd like to introduce you uh, to my friend, Mr. Stephen Smart. Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Hey, um, good to be here. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to do it. I mean, it's, uh, uh, yeah, thanks for bigging me up like that. I mean, it's quite a <laughs> Isn't it do you find it weird when people talk about you in the third person, like when you're here, when you're sitting there yeah. and people talk about you and they list your accomplishments? Yeah, and you, do you feel like they're talking about someone else sometimes? Because that's how I feel. Yeah, yeah, completely. I, um, I it always sounds to, when I when I speak to people uh, about this, they sort of say, "Well, you know what? You've you've done this and you've done that, and you've won this and won that." And I just think, "Bloody hell!" You know, how have I managed to yeah. to, to get to this point? And when you, as you say, when they're when they're talking in the sort of third third person, um, it's it's actually a bit emotional, and I just kind of think, "Christ!" You know, I I don't ever want to feel. I don't want people to think I'm big-headed about the things that I'm saying. It's like when you ask like, me just then, how you know, yeah. what should I say about your uh, accomplishments or whatever? And I just think, oh, well, don't say too much about it because it's like. <laughs> do you think that's an English thing? Because yeah, I mean, I, I maybe yeah. I do. I I mean, my family's English. I come from that. I grew up in that whole thing, and I, we have like a love-hate relationship with the appearance of success, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. like it's um, embarrassing or something, you know. It like is. I, it, people say, "Oh, if you write down all the different things that you've done, if I'm being introduced at uh, an awards thing or something like that, they said, well, can you just list, you know, list your your accomplishments and the, the the titles and stuff like that?'" And I think, well, I haven't got enough paper on here, <laughs> um, but I don't really want you to say it because I don't want it to sound like I'm being big-headed about it of or, or or kind of showing off. And sure. Um, I want. I've always. I've always felt it's important to stay humble. Mm-hmm. Um, what I does that look like, though? Because because there's an interesting thing. Like I, I think humility is a thing, and and it's becoming almost a buzzword in the industry. It's like slay humble, right, yeah. or stay humble, whatever. Yeah, yeah, and and I, I get that. I hundred percent get it, and I understand it. But I think it means different things to different people. And I see an awful lot of false humility out there these days. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely. Like that they're they're just they're they're trying to show off at how humble they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look how humble I am. Yeah. I'm so accomplished at being humble. Yeah, like so. I kind of wonder what that really looks like. What does humility really look like when it comes to that? When you when you have the credentials, you know, but you never need to flex the credentials. Or or I think maybe you just yeah. if you're like me, yeah. y- you you lack the emotional mechanism to to stand on your successes you know I, I don't look back at the the ocean of accomplishments that i've got behind me i'm yeah, constantly no, looking to the next thing going well what have i done today yeah and, you know yeah, what i mean absolutely yeah my people say oh you've done this you've done that you did that. I was like, oh yeah i did i, for, I forgot all about that because, <laughs> yeah because i'm actually going on to the next thing um and uh yeah i, I really just don't like 
I, I don't like sh showing off about it. And people keep saying to me all the time, they say, you need to tell people more about, people don't know who you are. Yeah, of you course. You need to say more about what you've done. And it's, I think, well, yeah, I know, but... Yeah. To be to be fair, I didn't know anything about those until um, maybe about the third or fourth time we had met. Yeah, and and, and we we made friends uh, well before I had any idea that you were so accomplished. You know, I just thought you were a hilarious guy to hang out with, and we just have a good laugh. <laughs> strange, you know, strange yeah. Brit. <laughs> <laughs> but it's great, and I think it's cool. But I mean, do you? And maybe this is a thing we relate on. Like, do you ever feel like okay, well, that's all well and good, but um, well, that's all over now. I feel like maybe I'm just shit. <laughs> like the, yeah. the last thing I did wasn't uh, as good as some of this other stuff, and I go, "Well, I'm just shit now." Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, well, I think we we mentioned it the other day, and um, I just think that uh, and you can fall into a trap of um, looking to the next thing constantly, and um, if you're not being seen as uh, current yeah. or. Um, you're not being seen as um, uh, being nominated or doing well in something, or mm. that I let that affect myself more than anybody else lets it uh, affect them mm. um, and their opinion of me. Mm -hmm. The fact that I might not have been nominated or or have done something of note mm. um, in the last six months or something doesn't suddenly change people's opinions of my ability or my standing in the industry in the UK. Mm -hmm. um, but does it affect you? Like it affects you me. Oh, God, yeah, big time. Right? Because, I mean, yeah. it might not... We're not always aware of how people perceive us or what they're thinking. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah, there, I, I see so many people that get, are in the um, awards game, you know, making mm -hmm. collections and things like that. And, I, and it's like it's a whole subculture of the industry. Yeah. But I, I see Definitely. the people that get stuck in the need to constantly prove themselves, maybe just to themselves, you know? And yeah, and I've, I've fallen into that trap uh, constantly. And in fact, that's probably one of the reasons why I still compete in competitions in terms of putting in collections of images and things. Um, I always did it because I just loved the creativity. It was mm -hmm. a way of me being able to get my creativity out of my crazy head mm -hmm. because I wasn't able to do it necessarily on clients all the time. Yeah, well, and maybe let's talk so. about that because I think a lot of people that aren't in that subculture, aren't in that world, will look at those images, look at that artwork and think, well, that's all well and good, but I don't know anyone that would wear that. And, yeah. and, and I've, I've, I was thinking this when we were sitting on a panel yesterday. Um, I think everybody thinks that we're always playing to the same crowd or the same connoisseur of people, but some people like high art and some people like, you know, Vermeer and some people like fucking dogs playing poker. Yeah. You know, I mean, and that's just it, you know. <laughs> Which and is a great picture, oh, by I the way. I love that. <laughs> you know, he's hiding the ace in his slate. It's <laughs> best. <laughs> but, I mean, that's the thing, right? We're, we're not always playing to the same crowd, and a lot of the time we're doing that creativity more for us than for anyone else, right? Yeah, I, I really don't do it for anybody else. That's 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 the truth of it. Um, uh, I, I do it for me, and uh, and I, I said on the I said on the panel I was sitting on yesterday, um, a bit of advice was given to me a long, long time ago. And if you're, uh, and that was if you're if you are putting pictures together or putting a create a, a creative kind of collection or whatever together, then do it purely for you. Mm. Um, if you want to enter into competitions and things like that, then. All, all well and good. If you don't do well with that, you still love that collection because it's you. What was your? What is it like getting into the idea of making collections? Like, what started you off on that path? Why did you start making collections of photography work? Well, I uh, I used to compete in live competitions. Mm -hmm. So, and in, in 1999, I first entered 
uh, a competition because I was sort of encouraged to do it with a, with a guy I was working with. Mm -hmm. And how long had you been doing hair at that point? Um, I started uh, started hairdressing in '91. Okay. And um, so you're about eight nine years in. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And um, the the company I was working with, the guy I used to work with, uh, my boss at the time, he was a he was competition. He, he was a men's mm -hmm. uh, world champion. Oh, amazing! Um, uh, Bob Hancock and um, the the guys that used to work with uh, Simon uh, Simon Con uh, Constantino mm -hmm. and um, oh, the Constantino brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so that's who taught me to cut hair. Really, wow. Um, so I I sort of made the different transition from from you because you were a ladies hairdresser went into into barbering. Yeah, that's that's exactly true. Yeah, mine was a complete switch of that. Really. It's weird how that you see those transitions, though. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's why I love cutting hair so much because yeah. of the the precision and all that was really really taught to me mm -hmm. from from the start. Yeah, well, very strong foundation. I mean, yeah. the, the iconic. Yeah, you know, um, a good a good pedigree. We would yeah, say. That's, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> very good pedigree. So uh, that's how I started getting into it, and then he, and because they all competed in competition, mm. I started competing in live competitions. What's that like? Uh, because, I mean, this in the barbering world, I think a lot of people relate that to the idea of a battle, right? The barber battle they have. But I, I, right. I, I honestly, th those are those are not even close to what a live competition really looks like for hairdressing. Yeah, like, it yeah. It's, it's, the reason I, I came on to that was because you said about the sort of um, relatability, if you like, of mm. um, the, the work that we're doing in collections. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people look at it and go, I wouldn't, you know, who the hell wears that? I mean, it's just, that's not going to happen. But it's the same with competitions. Yeah. But competitions was all about delivering the very, very best. Mm -hmm. And it was seeing how well you could do something. And the, and the men's competition, different from the ladies, mm -hmm. they used to have a traditional sculpture cut. And the sculpture cut was um, a perfect line out, beautiful, um, uh, beautiful taper, mm -hmm. t a natural taper out to nothing, mm -hmm. um, and a, a bombage. Um, yeah, you know, a like proper some, yeah, some volume and some, yeah, yeah, proper pump. I love the word bombage, though. Yeah. I mean, that's just <laughs> French got a great words for yeah. all this shit, don't they? Um, and it's <laughs> just beautifully dressed, absolutely immaculate, mm. and everybody did this. Everybody knew what shape it had to be, mm -hmm. so it was very much a case of who could do it better, mm -hmm. and the judges would look at faults and failures and things like that. Mm -hmm. Anyway. But uh, it's essentially everyone trying to create the same thing. Everyone was thing. creating exactly the same thing. See, I love that because I feel like that that's an interesting, but is it on live models or is it on live. blocks or is it, okay, yeah. that's very challenging though, isn't it? Because oh, I mean, incredibly, because got, when you think about the differences in people's head shapes oh and, God. you know, uh, density of hair and, yeah. Uh, so when you were looking for something, you'd be walking around the street and just go, he's got a good neck. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> you know Look that? at that occipital bone. Yeah. There's practically nothing <laughs> there. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, that's, how I, that, that's how I started to be trained. My, my, my head was trained to look for that sort of precision all the time. Mm. When I started competing, I actually didn't compete in men's competitions. Um, I actually competed in all ladies because that was the thing that was kind of floating my boat. Mm -hmm. um, and so... Uh, was it because there was more styling to it? Yeah, or there, was, there was more variation. It wasn't all doing the same look. Yeah. You could be more creative. Yeah. Um, and, and because of that, I, I really loved getting involved with all the competitions and the beautiful models and the dresses and the makeup and mm -hmm. everything was kind of outrageous. Mm -hmm. And it, and it certainly wasn't stuff you'd be wearing 
you know, down to the supermarket. Yeah, it was, you know, it was just yeah, it was crazy. Um, so, but I actually, I, I mean, I did really, really well at that. Um, in 2008, I was world champion for Trend Cut and Color, amazing, uh, which I won in Chicago. Um, I tried t- uh, two world championships before that. Uh, one in Moscow, where I was. Some, some would say stitched up by the <laughs> Russians. <laughs> um, some would say that. Some say might that. say. Yeah. And before that was uh, in Milan in uh, 2004. And, I, and I've always, fortunately, I've worked really, really hard at it. Um, and because I've got a huge interest in it, I was, I was good at it. Um, uh, then I got to a point where I'd essentially won everything in that sort of line of competition. Um, and I was, and I, we, we used this term the other day, um, I, was, I was told by my wife that uh, um, I should stop now because I'm trophy hunting. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now this is, a, this is a term that I am for sure stealing from you. So anybody <laughs> you that can. ever hears me say this, you, you know where I got this from. <laughs> but I, I believe that there's a lot of that out there now. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, and and trophy hunting was a term that we used to describe those people that... Um, have won enough things that they don't need anything more for the credibility's sake. They're just after the. They're after that high. They're after the win. They're after yeah. the, the and dominance and or whatever it is. And that but was it, me. They're trophy hunting. I, yeah. I love that term. Yeah. So I, uh, I had to. I had to make a break away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, but then it was God. What am I going to do? And I, and actually, I'm, I'm really. I'm really glad we're kind of speaking like this because a lot of people don't know this about me. As after that, I. I actually had a huge, huge kind of, not anxiety issues, it wasn't anything like that, um, but I just kind of lost my way. Mm. Um, when I went, when I started competing 10 years previously, I had only ever really thought, I want to be the, I want to be the best at what I'm doing. Mm. So I want to be a world champion. Of course. And then I got to the point where I'd won it. Mm. Now, now what am I going to do? Yeah. I'd reached everything. Everything I'd, I'd spent all day after I'd finished work with bringing models in, working till 10, 11, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning, mm. night after night, not seeing my wife because I, on you know Sundays I was I was going in and practicing my colours and cuts and all kinds of stuff. I mean, it just it just enveloped my whole life yeah. for for so long uh, that my business was suffering, not not suffering, but just not growing. You know, because I didn't put the right emphasis into it. Yep. Um, and it was quite a selfish time. Yeah. Because yeah, I had my mind set on this is what I want to do. Um, and once I achieved that, I thought, fuck, you know, where am I going? What am I going to do with this now? Uh, I've got no creative out there. I've stopped what I've just been doing all that time. I've now I've got all this time where I would have been practicing. And actually, now I can see my wife and now I can see my friends. And um, But. I then didn't have that creative outlet. Mm. There, are two, there are two phenomenal um, negative impacts that happen to a, a human being, I believe, when it comes to these kinds of things. It's either abject failure or abject success. Mm. Uh, and the yeah. truth is, is most of us love the struggle. Most of us love the fight. Most of us love the challenge. Yeah, and as soon as we've either completely failed or completely succeeded, the outcome is almost identical, yeah. right? Because yeah. on the other side of that, yeah. there's just this, what am I going to do? 
Like yeah. where, where do you go now? You I know always said, and I do everything in the, in the same sort of way. So if I was a race car driver, yep. I'd either win or I'd kill myself trying. I'd, <laughs> I'd be crashing, you know, every time. <laughs> when I eventually got my head around the fact that, okay, so I'm not necessarily going to be competing in any competitions anymore. Um, where can I? Where can I put everything? Where can I put my energy? Um, uh, I was told by somebody that was one of the commissioners of the competitions in the in the UK. Said, well, the best thing you can do is to go into more the commercial side of the industry. Mm-hmm. So st- start looking at photographic work and start looking at um, uh, British Hairdressing Awards and and various other different awards that are. Yeah. To satiate that like that creative outlet, and again, I mean, th- at this point, this is this is a beast inside yourself to feed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and I think for a lot of the creative artists that I know, that that's it. That their mm. need to create is some internal thing that just won't let them sleep. Some people call it passion, yeah. you know. But uh, the truth is, passion can be a really cruel mistress sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think people think passion is always a positive thing, but sometimes it can borderline obsession. And it's this need to uh, find an outlet for this thing that just either wells up and, and, and yeah. slowly eats you from the inside yeah. or it, um, you know, it, it can be expressed in some way you can get it yeah. out. I, 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 th- I think with myself, it's, it's, it's past borderline. <laughs> it's like full-blown <laughs> obsession. Yeah, full-blown <laughs> obsession. It's like weird <laughs> out. Um, yeah, I've, people call me a freak, you know, because I just, um, the, the, the people that work for me, the, the, my team, they just go, you're, well, you're just a machine. Yeah. Because you just don't let up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like you can't stop. And that uh, th- actually, this, that, that, bring, that brings me on to something else because it was incredibly difficult for me to be able to uh, run a team of people yes. that don't have the same drive, passion, <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, as uh, as I did. Yeah. So um, it was just. Uh, I was just thinking, why, why aren't you, why aren't you staying late after work? Why aren't you? doing this why aren't you doing that why aren't you putting all your time money effort it cost me a fortune yeah cost it does. Me it's a lot of sacrifice yeah it, yeah. it cost it cost a lot mm-hmm. um in loads of different ways and when other people weren't seeing that or or uh you know throwing any any anything like as much energy into it mm-hmm. i was uh yeah i just i don't know i just find it really difficult to contemplate i was like why aren't you yeah, um, but yeah, you know, a sl- slow realization after a f- over a few years that actually I'm not going to find a team of people that are going to be yeah. as obsessive as I am and about it. And in some ways, I feel like that's okay uh, because I, I think that there is a, a point where that obsession is going to collide with other people's and and conflict in other ways too. Yeah. And sometimes and that's that's what just what not what you say the, the passion isn't it isn't a positive. Yeah, sometimes it's not. It's, it's become an obsession, and uh, and I'm and I'm pushing that obsession onto other people, and when I and I'm reacting badly when they're not re- reacting the way the way that I want them to. Do you think maybe passion is the positive expression of obsession? Do you know? I mean, because when people talk about people yeah. on work, like I mean, we we just did a show yesterday. Yeah. Um, my I, I come back and usually after these shows, I'll, I'll go and I'll, I'll scan through my my uh, in inbox and my Instagram. Yeah. And and so many comments about like, oh, it's a such a pleasure to see so much passion on stage, and it's a pleasure, you know, with a, you deliver with such passion all these things. I'm like, but is it just? Am I just obsessed? It's the thing. Yeah. Like, is is that the yeah, thing? Is, I, is I, passion just what other people I'm perceive your obsession I'm as? I'm sorry. I'm sorry to say, Matty, actually, you, you are. <laughs> obsessed, I, I, yeah. We're having like a therapy session here now. We're just like, <laughs> I, feel I feel like, like I, I should lean back down. on the couch and be like, I don't know. <laughs> Tell me about your mum. <laughs> <laughs> well, it all started. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
it's an interesting thing though because I often wonder what drives all these people to do this too. But and I mean, I've seen your work and it's extraordinary, mate. I mean, you won two of the the uh, one shot awards. Yeah. Uh, you're you're a two time winner. You're national champions, uh, international champion. I mean, uh, you're you're currently the the um, hairdressing um, world champion. Correct? Yeah, I'm um, uh, international uh, women's hairdresser of the year, which is the international hairdressing awards. Phenomenal, um, man. I mean, these are these are phenomenal. I've, I've, I've things. Actually, I've just been nominated again. I found out um, four or five days before we came out here um, yeah. that I'd just I'd been nominated ag again, which was just unbelievable, just mind blowing. And th I, th to to be nominated again, I th it, we we touched on it yesterday when we were talking about the panels and yeah. who judges the, the the competitions. The difference now with the industry in uh, with the uh, commercial side of the of of the industry competitions. Is that it's all judged by your peers, mm -hmm. so that means much, much more to me yeah, yeah. than than anything else. When I used to compete in live competitions, yeah, I'd win European titles and world titles and things like that. Mm. But quite often, if there was somebody within that within that realm, within that um, environment that I really looked up to mm -hmm. and really respected, mm -hmm. if they s took the time to say to me, "Steve, I really love your work. I love the, w I love, uh, you know, I, I I enjoy what you." watching you work and do this and do that and you know what you've just done there is incredible mm. that meant more to me than winning any competition yeah yeah and people sort of don't get that they don't understand that about me because they see these they see me winning all these things mm. and and striving to win more and more and more mm. but actually if somebody says to me you know that's just that's just incredible yeah. you know that that's more overwhelming for me than yeah somebody saying oh well done i think it's especially when it's mistakes. when it comes from people that you admire or people yeah, that you you think obviously know have an eye and understand that you know what you're trying to achieve because it's one thing to somebody to look at it and go oh that's nice yeah but it's a different thing for somebody who who you admire to look at your work and give you a thumbs up you know i remember the first time uh, i had won um the big shot award um it was crazy because I, I I didn't realize this at the time, but it was voted on by all of these like industry icons. Mm -hmm. And one of my yeah. favorites when I was coming up, when I was a kid, was like Anthony Muscolo. Yeah, I mean he was huge for me because I remember he was the guy that got me started in photography because I saw him producing all the stuff for TG and making mm -hmm. his own thing. And he had his own style, and you could recognize his work, and it was cool. I dug it. Yeah, it's quite. And he was doing and everything, cool. and I was like, I just was really motivated by that, and I learned to do photography because of that. You know what I mean? Way yeah. before Instagram, way. Before before that was a thing and so when when I ended up winning that award I remember he came up to me at the after party and I looked and I was like oh shit that's Anthony Muscolo over there yeah. and he clocked me and he like he walked up to me he's like you Matty Conrad I was like yeah he's like I want you to know I voted for your work it's brilliant I was just like go like I died <laughs> I was I was literally I know this sounds so dumb but I had my cell phone in my hand and I just wanted to like film him talking to me <laughs> and, I was, and we've actually become really good really friends sad. he's a lovely guy yeah, but it yeah. was so funny because that was the first moment where I felt like holy shit this I, was I've like the same moment somebody I uh, actually admired yeah you know yeah like, I've, had, I've had the same moment um b before when I used to compete in live competition with uh, uh, people that completely unheard of to, to most hairdressers sure. and certainly to the public yeah but to me i knew their work and i you know and i said jesus christ you know he said how much he loved work, watching me work and how i work with the models and stuff like that it was mind-blowing but the, when i won uh, the international hairdressing awards for women's collection last year mm. anthony was one of the 
judges. Oh, amazing. <laughs> and he came up to me um, <laughs> when we were going through the sort of walkthrough yeah. um, before any of the audience were in and and all our pictures are up massive mm. on the on the on the uh, on the gallery wall, and um, yeah, mine was in the centre. And he said, he, and he's, and I said, oh, you know, well, what 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 do you think of the work, Anthony? And uh, he said, uh, he said yours is the one in the middle, isn't it? And I went, yeah. He said, yeah, you. you he said, I think you're going to win this. <laughs> That's insider information. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. Man, that feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, he said it's, it, you know, he, he just, yeah, he said it's, 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 it's brilliant. You know, yeah. it's, uh, you know, love what you've done with this and that. And, that, and, just think, and that, you can win the award, but hearing people, as you say, who are so iconic and produce such iconic images and brands yeah um you know just to, to say stuff like that it means a uh, means a hell of a lot so one of the things i've been uh, toying with and struggling around me i've decided to step back from competition now and um i, I prefer to judge and i prefer to be uh, the person handing out awards because i think that there's a big responsibility for us to to elevate that that up-and-coming group of people that are yeah. that are, are are wanting to get into this kind of thing and i think that you know the longer we try and take the spotlight for that the more we hold them back and i, I want to be lifting those kids up yeah yeah. But also, I, I think, um, and you and I had talked about this, is I, I can't, I had this thought in my mind, it's like, look, uh, the, these things, for me, were not about artistic expression. I think in some ways they were about creating um, some sort of opportunities, they were about creating um, some sort of validity in the industry, you know what I mean, credential. Yeah. And, and if I couldn't convert, things, you know, yeah. if I couldn't convert, like I said, I've won six awards, if I can't convert on six awards, I don't deserve a seven. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. And, and I, think that, I think that maybe it's one of those things where it's that time to pass on that torch. And um, so what's the next step for you that you see? What do you think is, is coming for you? Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's a really good question. Because I, I think at this point you've secured yourself as an industry icon. I really do. And I, and I saw you on <laughs> you stage when you, when you and you were, you were wonderful on stage yesterday. Thank you, you were man, absolutely that, that means a lot. Um, you know, when, when we're just talking about, um, y your peers saying things like that, I mean, coming from you, who is just an absolute genius on stage, honestly, you're, you're one of the best I've ever seen on stage. You're so comfortable and just, uh, it's, it's brilliant. So when you uh, say that me. to me, that's, that, that means a hell of a lot. I'm, I'm willing to sacrifice my integrity or my ego to be <laughs> when I'm on stage. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of trying that method. <laughs> it would, yields, it yields results, <laughs> mate, let me tell you. Because they're just like, I don't know if I should pity this guy or yeah. uh, oh, I'll well, take a pity we'll clap. I don't yeah, care we'll as long as they're making some noise. For, just for shaming himself. <laughs> can't help it, man. It's my heritage. But please, I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, I suppose, uh, I suppose very much what you were saying then about um, kind of taking a bit of a step back and um, trying to trying to give something. I don't want to sound cliched or anything like that, but trying to give something back to the industry and, um, and, and try to help other people grow. I'm trying to do that with the team that I'm, uh, that I'm currently working with um, at my salon. Um, I think in the past I've been a little bit reluctant to do that because I haven't felt necessarily their passion yeah. for it. And so I thought, well, does, that, does that make us... Maybe they don't deserve it. In all and honesty, yeah. Does it, does it make a, a small resentment? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah it does. Um, so I've had to try and make myself comfortable with you know, <laughs> either side of it and, yeah. uh, um, and, and try not to let that cloud how I feel about giving them the opportunities and, and, and trying to help them. Mm. Um, 
when, when it comes to competing myself, I'm still going to put the collections together. Um, Good, because they're great. Thank you. <laughs> they're amazing. Um, because, uh, yeah, that, that, that's my creative outlet. Yeah. You know, that's where I can get all the crazy stuff out. Um, and because, I've, because I'm still going to be producing them, I'm still going to submit them for awards. Can, can, I, can we backtrack just a little bit? Because yeah. um, I know that we were talking for a moment there about Salon and about how um, sometimes when we're in these creative pushes and threshes, of, you know, there's a lot of... Um, it's challenging for us because there's a lot of demand on our time in a lot of different ways. Yeah. A- and the things that seem to fall by the wayside are sometimes the things that need the most attention and uh, like our shops and, and uh, things like that. Absolutely, yeah. Fall and foul. Uh, yeah, can, can we talk a little bit about that? Like what were some of the challenges you faced and how did you maybe overcome some of those things? Or have you? And do you feel you overcome uh, I think I'm still working on it. Yeah. Um, uh, if, if I'm completely honest, um, when I first started my salon, I didn't start my salon to run a salon. Um, I was working at a company that I felt I wasn't able to be myself Um, and so I thought if I've got my own salon uh, that's going to give me more freedom Um, uh, I think a lot of people think there will be freedom there but it's a different type of basically a chain in a block to your your leg and throwing (laughs) yourself in the river I've never heard it put so eloquently. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it is it's different though. The perception of owning a shop and the reality of owning a shop is often quite different. Yeah, isn't yeah. Um, uh, there are definitely good and bad. Mm. Um, I've uh, it has given me that freedom mm. to be able to go and travel the world and to compete in competitions and to do shows like we've just done and um, uh, and I and I have a team of people that are quite often back at the salon when I'm away. Yeah. Um, uh, keeping it, keeping it going. Yeah, you know? um, I, I rely that, on that, mine that, heavily. That, yeah, that continuity. Yeah, um, but it has also then hindered um, certain certain growth, mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's also meant that where when you're f- when you're putting your focus into something, something else has got to give. Yeah, and and unfortunately, when I was going for the world titles, um, it was it was my salon because I wasn't growing it as much as I should. Mm. Um, I wasn't maybe developing my team as much as I should have, um, and I, uh, you know, there's a number of different failings. I think, um, I, but I, I think the truth is that I'd, I'd come from being a stylist, yep. and suddenly I was a salon owner, and I had to be a manager, and I had to manage people, and I still wanted to be a dickhead in the salon and <laughs> mess about. And they're not the same thing, though. They're I mean not. You can't. You can't be like that and uh, and deal with. Uh, the everyday problems and situations with teams and, and things like that it's, it just doesn't work so I think part of the problem is is um, that our industry has created this false ladder it's the idea of well what do you start out as an assistant you, you go work for somebody then you go and have a chair and then you get to be a senior stylist and a creative director whatever mm-hmm. how the ladder looks like but th- there are always that point where you make the jump from well now I'm gonna have my own shop and that's just the logical next step yeah. that's a completely different career path though isn't it yeah you, I mean business yeah. management is a completely different thing yeah, yeah absolutely I mean I, I've, I've said this on a number of interviews uh, uh, over the years and people said oh you know how did you get into hairdressing and I said well it was actually my mum you know, she said um, uh, she she had quite high hopes for me to do all sorts of different things, but um, uh, I, w- I was I was very arty and creative and, and all of that. And uh, uh, one thing or another, I won't go into it now, but it, that kind of fell by the wayside. And 
uh, again, I was a little bit kind of lost, and she said, well, what are you going to do with yourself? You need to get a job. And I said, oh, okay, right, well, I'll, I'll get a job. Um, wh what am I going to do? And she said, well, let's write some criteria then. And uh, I literally came up with four things, which were, um, I, I, I had long hair at the time, so I don't want to cut my hair off. Okay. So, you know, bank jobs and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Right. And, uh, all smarter kind of appearance jobs were all out the all, all out the window sure um, I wanted to do something creative mm -hmm. um, I didn't want to push a pen around all day I didn't want to work in an office or like that. and uh, wanted to work with women okay and so she said um, it's an old-fashioned term but she said well you either better be a gigolo <laughs> um, or a male escort for that's, those another, that's another uh, one of those French terms gigolo gigolo um, or um, or a ladies' hairdresser. Yeah, well, I think that was an easy choice. Uh, yeah, I know, <laughs> but it right? didn't last very long. <laughs> so I decided to do an hair instead. Actually, I should have. Uh, uh, being a gigolo and not lasting very long is probably not the best thing, uh, term to say. Is so it? I, I tried that, and so go figure. Yeah, I was completely yeah. broke. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that uh, yeah, that 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 secured my. Kind of <laughs> journey into cutting hair, basically. <laughs> Turns out on the first time, I just couldn't stop crying. So I just. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's funny. So, I mean, that's. that's uh, it seems that you were kind of built for this, though. You know what I mean? Like, you, the, you, you, fit, the, you fit the mold of, of what I would expect. You know what I mean? Uh, as far as like an you know, artistic, you know, savant uh, yeah, type I stylist. I, I think some people s uh, people have said to me before, yeah, I mean, you, like, you it's, it's, it's pretty obvious you're a hairdresser. You know? <laughs> well, right, okay. Uh, whether it's my sexuality or something like that, you know. But I think it's the hair. That's, I, I, I think you might be right. I think it's the hair. Um, but, but, you know, people have, people always query. I mean, at the, t at, the t at the time when I went into it, yeah. my mum said, well, you better be a hairdresser. I think, well, I'm not determined in, in the UK at the time was, well, I'm not bent. <laughs> yeah. She went, no, 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 no. It's not like that. It's sure. just that you you really like women, mm -hmm. and I do very much so. Yeah. Um, you are very creative. Mm -hmm. You like chatting. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're interested in it, you're going to put everything into it. Yeah. And that's what I was saying about the images. Mm -hmm. um, if you're if you're passionate about it mm -hmm. or obsessive about it, obsessive, um, yeah. then you'll do all your best work because you're going to put everything into it. Yeah. And so, and she said the same. She said, look, you know, you're, you're a straight guy. Mm -hmm. Women love to have their hair cut by a straight guy. You're really creative. You like a chat. You know, when you, when you get into it, you'll love it. Yeah. And that way you'll be the best at it. Sure. I, I think that's a pretty universal thing. But maybe it was less so now, but certainly when we started, there was this perception. I mean, I, I was the same yeah, when I got into hairdressing. It was yeah. the same thing that people were like, really? I'm like, well, my well, friends were querying it. Going, oh, really? I don't okay, know what the problem sure. is here. I mean, all my friends were working construction jobs, getting greasy, dirty with dudes. And I'm hanging out with you know pretty girls all day. Absolutely. Yeah. Not the worst job in the world at all. Yeah. I, and I actually learned to really, um, for me, I think it was what I connected with was the, the actual craft of it. You know, I love the work. Yeah. And I loved the I loved the people part. I love making people feel good about themselves. Yeah. It's just part of my personality. I love yeah. everyone around me to feel good. Yeah, uh, you know, and, and it's it's see, it's a thing that makes it really that, that's uh, that's a, a common theme in hairdressing. Yeah, yeah. people want to uh, make other people feel great about themselves. Yeah. I've always been pretty honest about this. Um, it, that's not the reason why I do it, and that's which is 
People go, really? You can't say stuff like that. Well, it's sure, you absolutely can on my podcast. Uh, That's what okay, I want to hear. Yeah. Press for that. No, I want uh, the truth. Because like, why do um, you do it? I I see hair as a material. So um, when I went from this sort of creative background, art and graphic design and things like that, I went into hair. I just saw it as a a, a medium to to make women look even more beautiful than they are because I love women mm-hmm. if you look at all my collections they're not they're, they're, I think they're very striking um, you know beautiful strong powerful kind of images and powerful women mm-hmm. you know they, they look sensational I think um, and so when I've got that client in front of me and I've got that hair in front of me I see the hair as um, a, just a material to, to sculpt. So I look at it on the head and say, well, okay, well, shape's not right here. This needs to be different. That's different. I, I look at every single head differently mm. and every single um, hair type differently mm-hmm. and just see how I can uh, I- improve that mm-hmm. in, the, in the time I've got right in front of me right there. Yeah. I, I, the, the person being happy about it um, and loving it is a byproduct. Hmm. Um, and yeah, if I haven't done my job properly, they're not happy about it. And then I'll obviously I'm not happy about it because sure. the worst thing is to, to have somebody yeah. say your, your haircut shit. Yeah. But for you, it's like a self-fulfilling kind of, but I don't do it to think I really want to make this woman feel amazing about herself. Sure. Um, I just want, that to look as good as it can possibly look mm-hmm. so it's probably quite a self-centered egotistical thing i would say it is <laughs> to be honest <laughs> yeah. i would but I, you know what i mean who's yeah. to say who's to say that's wrong yeah you know I, what I, I mean i, I think, yeah, I think I don't like know. you I mean, said if you're doing your job right if uh, and a person feels fantastic and you feel satisfied with your work i mean who's to say that's wrong yeah i just yeah. love other people just to honest to, to, i suppose yeah it's no it's great uh, um i i suppose I, th- I think if, if people look at a haircut that I've done or a client as, as they walk out the door mm. and go, oh, God, you know, I'd, you know, she looks amazing. I'd love to have my haircut like that. Or mm. clearly that woman is feeling stronger. Oh, that guy, of mm. course, is feeling uh, stronger and more able to deal with sti- shit and, um, you know, uh, got a bigger smile on the face. And then uh, that shows my work off. Mm-hmm. And therefore, uh, I feel good about it. Yeah. It's like that. It's like your peers saying to you, "You've done a great job of that." Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Does, does that make sense? No, it makes a hundred percent. So yeah, um, I don't want to say I don't give a shit about what my clients think. But <laughs> you know. Do you think maybe though? With like, I mean, I I think I find honesty very refreshing when it comes to those things, and I feel like a lot of people maybe fall into that trap of trying to. Um, portray something benevolent that isn't there you know what yeah. i mean and i and so i appreciate that kind of honesty because a lot of people these days feel like they're just saying saying what everyone else is saying and maybe yeah. it's part of that false humility yeah you yeah, know what i, I mean th- for, I so. for me i think that if i'm being totally honest I, I think the reason why i focus so much on the way the person feels is because technically i don't think i'm as strong as a lot of other people are right and i think so i mean you well, play to your you play to your strength sometimes you know what i mean yeah. and technically you're insanely strong and it's not that i don't understand it it's just that i have a lot more confidence in my ability to make somebody feel good about the way they look yeah. than I have to 
to execute a better haircut than anyone else can find on Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and the nice thing about it is, though, is there's value in both. Yeah. There really is. Because yeah. the difference, I think, that some people can tell between a good haircut and a great haircut is pretty negligible. Dependent I, between I hairstylists. Yeah. Right. I mean, the hairstylists will be impressed, but like yeah. everyone client else, makes, uh, client has. I mean, you could do a good haircut. You can do an insanely good haircut, yeah. best haircut they've ever had. Yeah. And the thing they is might go, oh yeah, it was a bit easier to manage. And you know what's funny? I look at it as, uh, I mean, look at the world of celebrity and look at hair hairstyles on celebrities. You know what I mean? And these people that just exude confidence or at yeah. least have the appearance of exuding confidence. Mm. I haven't seen any of them with a fucking tailored out perfect haircut, to be honest. <laughs> Most of them have pretty mediocre haircut because they're all on set and they're all doing whatever. And they still yeah. look great. And girls are just like swooning and dying over these guys that yeah. have like these kind of rubbish haircuts. But yeah. you're like, yeah, they look great. Yeah, they absolutely. feel great. They're putting it out. It's you know because, I mean? it's, yeah, as you as you say, it's a confidence thing. It's kind of it's just what they're exuding. Yeah. Um, and I feel like people are really attracted to confidence more than anything else. Yeah. you know what I mean. So yeah. when it comes down to the the technical and the appearance of haircuts, a lot of the time I feel like it's for us. So maybe there is something deeper to that. Maybe maybe yeah. when it gets above a certain level, all of us are really doing it for us in some way, or at least for other hairstylists. Well, I think if you, uh, I mean. Okay, so the the image that you put in this is this, this would be interesting question. Um, <laughs> I'm interviewing you now. Yeah, please, um, please. But uh, the 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 one shot, um, the one shot um, uh, shot that you put in for men's. Oh, oh you're talking about my bombage. Your bombage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love you that. You've got to say it in a slightly deeper voice. Yes, bombage. That you, uh, I mean it's a black and white shot, um, a beautiful, beautiful taper. Thank you. Um, I said to you at the time, I, I mean, I voted for it to win. Thank um, you. And I, I still believe it should have. <laughs> um, because of the technical nature of it and, you know, whatever, whatever. However, did you do that for yourself or do you do that for other people? This is the funny thing about this particular shot is that I, um, I first of all, I didn't know it was nominated uh, in the first place. I, I just, uh, when I shot, because somebody had mentioned how much they liked the, the winner from the previous year. I, I knew the technique that I had used to achieve the, the previous one, which I did win for, by the way. And instead, I decided to try and recreate that with a different technique on a different model using different tools. Yeah. And, and it was a, just a personal challenge for me. And it was never meant to, as an entry. It was it was just shot as a like a here's me in my studio screwing around. Let's see if I can recreate this using totally different techniques. Yeah. And it, for me, it was just like an exercise almost. You know, it was right. an exercise in in trying trying to create more of a, a well-rounded you know bunch of skills. So you're right. It was not you it was not did it meant for yourself. Yeah, it was not at all meant for anyone else. Yeah. That's the funny thing about those. Sometimes when we're posting these things on Instagram too, that aren't collections, because when you're intentionally shooting a collection like you do. I mean, there's so much that goes into it, so much creative thought process ahead of time, so yeah. much organization. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's just a mood boards, everything, you know yeah. I mean? There's so much work. My shit is so, like, I do it that night, I uh, post it up, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I literally, hey, here's a friend, he wants a haircut. Hey, you mind if I take a couple quick pictures of this? Yeah. And then... Which, <laughs> is, which is great. Um, yeah. It's perfect. Um, and and to, to a point, I wish I was more like that. I mean, I, I've, I've always said, as a hairdresser, I am... Uh, what I class has been organic. Mm -hmm. I don't. Uh, I don't use some of the terminology that a lot of other people do. Mm -hmm. If they're 
classically trained or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, the pomp I've and ceremony yeah, of it. I've, yeah. I've been to, all, I've, I've done all the courses, I've been taught by the, I think the best hairdressers in the world. And I've taken bits from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I've put my own little spin on it and I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be doing all right. <laughs> um, and um, but I still freak out when I go on stage. I went up on stage yesterday, mm-hmm. and there are discerning people in the audience. Mm-hmm. I'm on and sharing the stage with uh, technically gifted people, mm-hmm. and so I don't want them looking at me, thinking, "Well, oh, he's, he's not sectioning that properly," or he's. He's, he's not using the right terminology, he's yeah. not, yeah. whereas, but I, I say I don't give a shit about that, Yeah. but I completely do, Yeah. because I don't want to look an idiot up there, I don't want people to think, oh, you know, he doesn't know what he's doing, mm-hmm. so all the things that I've won in the past, and all the titles I might have, mean nothing at that point, yep. because all I'm worried about is, are people going to think I don't know what I'm doing, because I'm not using the, I'm not section it how they have been taught to section it or um, am I not holding my scissors or my elbow at the right do you you see what I mean there's a thing I 100% know what you mean because I I, even though it may not look like it right before I go on stage I don't have butterflies I have elephants you know what I mean (laughs) they're like I am absolutely (laughs) terrified before I go out on stage every time and and because of those exact same things you know but the 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 thing that I've realized and what I try to share with people and what I try to remember for myself and have to remind myself of constantly is um, most people in this industry or many of us have what's called a fraud syndrome and it started off because at some point we did something that we made up that we hadn't seen someone else do and we're not sure if it's legit and then (laughs) our our tool set our our tool set that makes our own creative process ended up becoming predominantly made up of just things that we do our way and uh, because we take so many little bits and pieces nobody's come and tapped us on the shoulder to say that's the right way you're doing it the right way and because there isn't that and and for some reason we all believe that there is that there is the right way and Sassoon suffered from this this himself because his shit was primarily like made up uh, there's a lot of classic techniques in there but he made up a lot of his stuff as well and it worked beautifully for him and for lots of other people but even still with that there was just this sense of like this is not the way it's just a way but for some reason we've all convinced ourselves that somewhere out there is the way and we're all trying to find it and everyone else knows it but us yeah (laughs) Yeah, absolutely (laughs) so we have this fraud syndrome and, and it's a thing that we all have to overcome but i mean I think you've proved time and time again that whatever it is that you're doing is working. Because, I mean, your work is astoundingly beautiful. Uh, Thank you, like, And uh, I'm going to post pictures of this on our Instagram. Um, but, I mean, your last collection was just, uh, it was one of the most breathtaking things I've seen. And I, I really, um, I mean, I, I come from a, a, that world. I, I, I can appreciate the beauty and the incredible amount of work that goes into those things. And I know that even though I, I spend my time as a barber now, I think appreciating technical craftsmanship in, in all disciplines of hair is really important for us as an industry oh, to move forward. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, and I think that um, I think that barbering is having a moment uh, yeah, and, and the, the technical wizardry of barbering is being appreciated. And I yeah. think it needs to be reciprocated, too, because there's an enormous amount of technique that goes into what you do. And it's really impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's yeah, really thank impressive. you. It's uh, it's something that I. Yeah, yeah, I, lo- I love doing, and um, uh, fortunately, people seem to still like it. But um, as we've kind of already established in our therapy session, that <laughs> uh, there's a part of me that doesn't give a shit what other people think about my work. Um, but there's a big part of me that is, 
yeah, really conscious of what people think about it, and uh, and I want them to love it, and I want them to you well, know, be inspired by it. And go tell uh, the listeners where they can find your work online, where they can go and be inspired by it, and they can go and appreciate it and love it. Tell okay. them where they can find you. Um, well, my Instagram handle, if you want to call it that, is at smartest73. Um, that's the, the, the one I've always had, and um, yeah, I post nearly all of my collections on there now um a lot of the 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 competition work i i used to to do can be found on online um if you put uh, i yeah i know you shouldn't do it but i i do put in stephen smart into google <laughs> stephen smart hair <laughs> to see go. what crops up sure um sometimes i'm a little bit scared to press enter <laughs> <laughs> I, it doesn't really occur to me to Google myself. Uh, I, maybe I should try that sometime. I'm a little nervous about that one too. Yeah. Probably there's got to be it's pictures. Quite, it's, it's pictures of me without a beard are weird because there's just like oh God, yeah. a bunch with just what a mustache. Like a beard? With ju- well, I had just a mustache for a while, and I, I kind of look like Magnum PI a bit, <laughs> which you is know. a good look. That's an iconic <laughs> look right there. <laughs> Did you have a Ferrari then? I, I wish. I wish I had. The Ferrari is what makes the mustache look good. It's all about the accessories, right? Uh, all right, man. Well, it's been, honestly, it's always a pleasure hanging out with you. It's been great to yeah, talk to you today. It's, it's, it's so much fun doing shows with you. I know we're going to do a lot more together. Yeah, and, I uh, so. and I really wish you the best this year in all the competition work. Yeah, and, appreciate and it. Thanks for being so uh, honest and open with us. Hey, no problem. Thanks, all man. All right, you guys. This Cheers. has been my conversation with Mr. Stephen Smart. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I will see you next week.